Mace, patrol guide, shield. Podcast 11, El Police Radio. I'm your host, Alpha Mike. And um, our segment that we're covering, you're done. No, retirement after law enforcement. You're done. So we're going to look at uh, part two of this series and just a few. On some program notes, I am running on solo again. And I probably will be for the rest of the remainder of the year, as you know, my co-host, uh, Mike Sierra, there's some issues with little Mike Sierra, and we're still going through that and some other little trials. So family is paramount. Family is more important, and uh, therefore we're going to concentrate on that. So I'll be running solo. And um, Leatherneck 7, which is our other podcast, I believe we left off on uh, podcast number four. We have a lot of catching up to do in 2018, so stay tuned. Um, Good things come to those that wait. That's what we'll say. Now, before we get into our segment, I want to talk about the important uh, family values and so forth. And we celebrated a very important holiday that just passed. And that was Thanksgiving. And for many of us, and we, if you're listening to this and you have worn a uniform, you know that there is such a thing as a delayed holiday. <gasps> That's right. A delayed holiday. So you wouldn't have Thanksgiving on November 23rd of this, com- of this year. You would probably have your Thanksgiving on a delayed reaction, maybe prior, maybe after, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, depending on your schedule. And for a lot of law enforcement active individuals, this is a norm. You have to basically go to work. It's the business that doesn't stop. You just can't say, I am not going 
uh, to work today because today is a holiday. Don't have that luxury. It's an essential uh, personnel that have to go to work. So as a result, there's a lot of sacrifice. You know, hitting the lottery in active law enforcement is when you change your days off from becoming a rookie into a senior and you noticed and you start jumping up and down on the calendar as you notice, yes, the holidays fall on my days off this year. And that's something that you would have to look forward to. So it is difficult, the holidays, and when you transfer over to the retirement side, it's like any other day. I mean, other than family coming over that you probably would not be used to when you were active, um, there is a lot of that uh, joy that other people have. Uh, those retired folks really don't have. Of course, they're happy that they're close to their relatives, but um, <laughs> they have missed so many. So, therefore, it's just to them another another event, you know, sitting around with, with family members. And now we're going to go to that, and that very important subject, family members. Here they are sitting around the turkey, ham, lechong, whatever you chose to feast on this Thanksgiving. But there's your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your brother, sister, maybe mother-in-law. That's right, I went there. And you've got to act like you like everybody. You're sitting around the table. And it kind of works for a little while. And then you become agitated. For millions and millions of Americans, that's a simple truth. Family gather around on just specific holidays or speak to themselves on specific holidays. And other than that, there's no common denominator. For a law enforcement official, um, especially retired, it's even more difficult because there is no common denominator other than the family. I mean, you might have something else to speak about, of course, you know, whether it's um, new cars that are coming out or travel or uh, a new hobby like photography or so forth or guns. Yeah, I, I said that. And... But those conversations kind of wither away real quick. And there's a vacuum for that law enforcement retired guy. There's no war stories in this Thanksgiving. Hmm. This is going to be difficult. <laughs> Chris was probably even worse. Now, it's not Baja and Bug. This guy's trying to make us all feel real bad this holiday. No, that's not the intent. The intent is telling the truth. I mean, it is true, it is factual that a lot of millions of Americans sit around a Thanksgiving feast with relatives that they really prefer not to see. But they're there because that's how it is. Now, that's not making up the story. No, for some people, they, they really look forward and uh, to be with family. I know for me, it's a time 
that's important to me because I, I get to spend more time with my grandkids. But how long does that last before they go, you know what, uh, uh, they're getting on my nerves now. So it's the reality of human nature, retiring, moving on. The agency has basically said, you're done, you don't work here anymore. The value that you gave your agency for the years of service have all of, all of a sudden diminished, went out the window. Nobody cares. Whatever concepts you came up with, well, they were concepts. Remember we said in our last podcast, agencies, especially larger ones, love to put walls around concepts. And there's so many things that we can do with our law enforcement officials. We spoke about it on our last podcast, and and we spoke about putting those retired folks to work on a part-time basis in that agency on specific details that will, of course, soften the blow for the active guys and fulfill two purposes. And the other purpose is give the retired guys uh, something to look forward to. A lot of retired guys had nothing to do with finances. You know, that they're not making it. By and large, I think every um, agency has a fair, and I'm going to use that term, fair retirement plan. It depends, of course, your age and when you got in. But for a lot of guys, they got in when they were very young, maybe in the uh, young 20s. So after 25 years, some of these folks are just barely tipping the scale at 50 talking about retirement and as a result they have a lot more to offer and I think agencies not capitalizing on it is a waste of manpower we need that force that's experienced to augment the active force now we spoke about it we're kind of hitting it again how unions disagree with that, and we talked about the greed, the greed. How much is, is, is enough? More money, more money, more money. I can work triple overtime. I can work 96 hours this pay period. And when you introduce a part-time force to an agency, there's an objection from that union because they say that they're augmenting overtime. But I'm sure, listen. There's ways things can be done that doesn't affect any other party. It's called the willingness to actually do it. Well, in a little bit of my research, I, I spoke about the Los Angeles Police Department was using retired officers in the position of traffic. Well, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, now all, they also offer their retired folks uh, position as a court officer, a court deputy in uh, their court system on that part-time basis too. And they're utilizing that individual with 25 plus years of service and that experience that you just can't buy. You just can't buy it. You can't get it. And they're using that in a, maybe in a lesser role than they were when they were active, but nevertheless, it's so vital and important 
to uh, the agencies. And then there's some others, and, and, and I'll use New York City as an example. Don't apply if you're over 36 or 37, whatever magical number somebody came up with. I don't understand that either. I know in the state of Florida, it's against uh, the Constitution of Florida to discriminate against age. If you're 80 years old and you want to apply to be a police officer, okay, as long as you can do everything else everybody else is doing, you're fine. So if you're Jack Elaine, you know, you can apply and you could probably get in. And I think that's the way it should be. I don't think it should be an exception based on a number. How old are you? 38? <laughs> Sorry, you have to be 37 and a half or younger. That's absurd and preposterous. But does it happen? It does. It exists. And it is killing our security in our cities, counties, states, and, of course, in this battle with uh, terrorism and domestic terrorism, because that exists too, the icing of police officers, the brutal, brutal attacks on correctional officers in facilities. Just reading... Um, on some of the news feeds that I kind of look at before every podcast, uh, there was a young man, I'm not going to look it up because it'll take too long to look it up and read it, but basically the article referred to a a minor, a juvenile, a allegedly uh, slapped acid in the eyes of a police officer. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, you know, I, I didn't have this inner um, ambition to go spray acid on public servants in their face. Something's wrong. We're, we're, first of all, let's look at the article. A minor, a juvenile. That's how he's described. Oh, he's only a little kid. Okay? So it's the left twist on every article. Now he's a monster. You know, we cannot continue to evaluate things in this country based on white or black. We have to start looking at good versus evil, right over wrong. Enough's enough. You just can't continuously try to put labels on things, and which our friends on the left are very good at. Listen to their speech, everything they talk about. It's always a protective group, you know. Gays, lesbians, blacks, white, Hispanics, Asians. Everything they say has always got to have an identifying factor because they perceive themselves as about being righteous for all, but behind the scenes, they're treacherous. And I'm not getting off subject here, but when you read some of these articles and you look at some of these things, you say something's missing from the so-called minor, the juvenile. Something's missing from not only the faculties of his brain, but at home. Is there, is there a home? What's going on there? What demonic rap music or, or rock and roll, whatever you want to call it, uh, did he listen to to actually 
make him whip up a batch of battery acid to throw in a police officer's eyes. Something is wrong, seriously wrong, with our society. We need to get back to the basics. It starts at home. We all know that, but there is an absence of at home. So in essence, monsters are being created and they're being labeled and hidden as minors, juveniles, monsters. Any human being that throws battery acid in the eyes of anybody is a monster. The other social fashion, and this is another thing, there's a little twist now um, to do stupid things other than uh, shoot police officers. I guess some of these wackos, domestic terrorists, won't go that far. So they're thinking of doing lesser means to police officers and corrections officers. So what they're coming up with is, you know, the battery acid, the attacks on uh, officers within the prisons and jails, and, and so forth. And they're trying to create fear. And we're going to get into that into many other um, podcasts down the road. But... For the retired guys, the guys with the 25 years, 20, 30, 35, 40 years, they were brought up in a law enforcement society that was a lot rougher. And again, you'll have those groups that say, well, this is the problem. Uh, police officers don't know how to act. They beat people up and so forth because there was no breaks on law enforcement back in the... 60s, 70s, and 80s, and so forth. There was, There's always been eyes on law enforcement. It starts with your supervisor and your chain of command. I, I, I just can't see an individual wearing a uniform, doing all kinds of stupidity, and this individual's entire chain of command is going to look the other way. I just I don't see that. And, and to suggest that any agency would act like that, Foolishness. Now, there are social things that, of course, occur in law enforcement agencies that are widely criticized today. And one of them is the so-called beatdown. While the adrenaline is rushing and they get involved uh, with with a perpetrator or uh, a criminal, as, as lack of a better term, and then all of a sudden... It might go beyond the handcuffing and whatever restraint means are, are necessary. So for the retired folks, they didn't go through the scrutiny of a YouTube and, and people shouting and yelling, which is true. So they have kind of little patience for the garbage that you're seeing on an everyday on television and how the liberal media spins it into uh they're, the nice guy is kind of like the bad guy based on the wordage that they're using, okay? For example, if a terrorist blows up something, they'll say, a bearded, a bearded man this afternoon detonated, and allegedly detonated a bomb. A bearded man. You know, a, a minor, a youth, okay? It's... 
lessen the blow. So the words that we use. And why do I have to say this? Because you have to educate people on basically what they're seeing and what they're reading. There's a sick twist to a lot of this news reporting that's alarming. And but we'll get into that and some other shows. Back to the retirement guys. So they see things, they do things, and they know things because they grew up in another police culture. And as a result of that, you merge that into the current culture, you've got an agency that cannot be stopped. Now, that does not mean that they're breaking the law. That means that they're going to be very effective. And I can't say it enough. Another aspect of getting ready to retire, active, you've got a couple of years under your belt, and you're daydreaming. That's right. You're daydreaming. You're looking out the window. You're enjoying the view as you drive down the block. And you're not planning for that retirement day. And then you're procrastinating, you're procrastinating, you're procrastinating, and you got like five years to go, and all of a sudden, you're a financial wizard, and you know exactly what to do to live a, a very luxurious and enjoyable life as a billionaire. And a lot of folks, you know, the amount of money that they look at in their retirement, they say, wow, this, this is a lot of money. And it really isn't. And you have to look at that too. So what is a good paycheck today will be garbage tomorrow. So you have to look at the value of what you get out of your retirement. Not, not monetary, but emotionally. Are you satisfied? First question. Does it give you the ultimate freedoms that you need to reconnect yourself? Very important also. Can you continue to live on what you're making? And if, if you can answer those three things with the yes, 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 then you got a pretty good retirement. But if you're looking at that number and, and comparing it to the stock market, and if the bubble goes up a little bit more, you're going to be freaking miserable because you became a law enforcement official because, let's face it, folks, you're not a financial freaking wizard. You're not dealing billions of dollars off of Wall Street. So, as they say, get in your lane and look for something comfortable. So you've got to do your own math. You've got to have your own fulfillment in saying, this is what I want. And then you know when it's time to go. When I retired, somebody asked me, well, why are you leaving? And my response was, because I can I had juggled the numbers, but not more important than the numbers for me was it was time. I had suffered an injury that was a lot more severe than I led on when I was there with my left knee. And it took 11 months to heal. And it's not really healed, but I can get around. And I could have hobbled around like everybody else and faked it and you know do whatever you have to do to survive. But I didn't feel that I could give 100% if I had to. And therefore, the alarm button rang and I knew it was time for me to move on. 
for some folks, they don't know it. And you see them, they're just dragging on, coming to work day by day. And some people are looking at them saying, what in the world is this? When is this guy actually going to figure out it's time to leave? Some people don't. They don't. That's why there's an evaluation process for individuals every year. It's to evaluate whether they can keep up the standards of the agency that they're working for. But you do see them, and you kind of wonder, can this person actually fulfill the duties and the job that that's entailed? So that that's into it, too. That's part of this play here. It's not just, you know, you do 30 years of service, and then I hire you on the back end, and... You're not really that much of an asset. You just, you know, got 30 years of experience. But other than that, there's certain limitations with you. Well, you have to create the job function for those individuals that fit right in there perfectly. And therefore, it's a perfect fit. So the executives of these agencies have to create the shoe to make the perfect fit. So... Financially, you have to be ready. Uh, you have to be ready emotionally, we, we spoke about. And there's a big decision that has to be done pre-retirement for every individual. And that is, do I want anything ever to do with anything that is law enforcement or law enforcement orientated? And if the answer is no, then you're moving on to another segment of your life. And sometimes I see, you know, the Facebook thing, I see people have, they're very critical because they'll see somebody that worked in their agency for so many years retire and then they're working, you know, whatever job, security, uh, a year later and people say, why did he ever leave? Because the individual felt it was time to go. It's as simple as that. These are all personal decisions. I don't think that other than mandatory rules that do exist, mandatory rule in Florida, for example, if you reach a retirement um, age of service, uh, you go into what's called the drop program, and there's an expiration date. And when that expiration date comes, that's a mandatory exit. you got to go, and you're going to get a, somewhat of a big check, and out the door you go. And for some other uh, jur uh, jurisdictions, there's a, a, an age limit, and the alarm rings there, and you're ushered out the door as well. But there's so many other functions that people can do. And I think that every agency in this country, over 800,000, uh, officers are out there, but every agency in this country, have, I believe it's around eighteen to 20,000 agencies, they actually need to sit back and evaluate their workforce and how they can factor in retired folks. Why? Because wisdom you cannot put a price to. You can't. And the return on that wisdom for any entity, is huge. So I would love to see that in the future, and I would, uh, I would hate to see it become a legislative act, but uh, if you don't think that we're living in terroristic times, 
and you feel that we can go with a 19 to 20 year old police force um, coming in through the ranks straight from the supermarket to the academy and I'm not putting them down because I think they're better trained than any generation has been trained but I also feel that they lack one important aspect they just cannot obtain it through a book or an academy setting and that is knowledge wisdom it comes through trial through fire there's where you learn these things and you become a subject matter expert in you cannot pick that up in a book or in a catalog you have to live it it has to be a lived experience so as a result I would really wish these agencies would look at it. Our, the podcast that follows this on some other program notes, we've made some adjustments uh, because you always have to be adjusted in, in, in this business. So podcast 11, November 30th, and then, of course, we have podcast 12. It's going to be on the same subject, you're done, and that runs into December 7th. And um, then we're going to transition... Uh, from that podcast into um, our new segment that's going to be the Ivory League of Domestic Terrorism. And that will start December 14th as podcast number 13, 14, and 15 will be on the Ivy League of Domestic Terrorism. And I'm sure it's going to be a subject that's going to really get uh, people riled up. But we have domestic terrorists in this country. And as a law enforcement uh, agencies out there, law enforcement agencies out there need to really take a hard look at what the reality is and stop being so freaking politically correct that you don't want to offend anybody. But the enemy is eating you up alive because they know that you're afraid to identify what things are. It's the same as in politics, afraid to call terrorists what they are. And so, as a result, we're afraid to label people because it's not politically correct, but they're eating you alive. They're throwing battery acid in your face. They're shooting and gunning you down like if you're a mad dog because we're not looking at these things. And you'll be shocked who the brains of the operations are here. And I'm sure you're listening right now and you probably have judgments of who's going to be called out. But remember what the title is, the Ivy League of Domestic Terrorism. So that's going to be our segments uh, December 14th through the 28th, and that will exit us out of the year and into 2018 where we're going to pick up uh, a new series. So um, other program notes, don't forget, you want to connect with uh, L Police Radio, you, you're more than welcome all you have to do is sign up. We launch every Thursday. How in the world am I going to sign up easy? You're going to go to Google. You're going to tap in, type in L, as in Lima, police. That's one word. L, police, radio. Okay? And it's going to pop up a bunch of social networking. I did a little research just before I started the podcast today. First thing that pops up is Stitcher Radio. But there are other things that come on, and including our website, lpoliceradio.com. So connect with us 
as we transition in our podcasting and so forth. 2018 brings us a new uh, training group that's going to be formulated, 09 Training Group, and we want you uh, to learn from that. Training will be physical as well as we're going to have online training and there are going to be certain um, aspects to that. It's um, A lot of what we're going to do is going to be um, passcode protected because uh, you don't want uh, some of the information to get in the wrong hands. But we got a lot of information. Just uh, the other day during the holiday, I um, took advantage of reviewing thousands and thousands upon thousands of data of information that I've had stored uh, for for many, many years. And uh, there's a lot of knowledge on that, that data, data, data information. You know, one of the things they teach you when you become an instructor, don't drink uh, uh, milky products when you go to teach. Sticks to tongue, and uh, but as a coffee uh, enthusiast, that ain't is not going to happen. That's not going to happen. All right. So now we're going to be launching that in 2018, and some of the aspects, of course, are going to be firearms. We're going to be doing training on firearms with that. We're looking forward to it. We'll announce more in 2018, in the month of January, how that's going to work and how it's going to grow. We're going to have a lot of shows in 2018 on training, a lot of shows in 2018 on the podcast with experts on weaponry, use of force, uh, corrections, uh, aspects of um, force entry, um, we're going to be hooking up with fire departments as well, arson investigation, and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of things that I like to say. Thinking out of the box, you work for an agency that likes to think in a box. No, 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 no. That's how we do things here. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. No, no, no. We don't, we don't use that here. No, 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 no. And that's thinking in the box. Thinking out of the box is when you have new concepts that revolutionize your agency and the industry that you're in. Not too many agency heads have the chutzpah to go ahead and do that on a lot of things. It's better to be conservative and just do the daily chores and have a low profile and make money up to yin-yang while nothing gets done. You got to think out of the box because we're in these troubled times that you have to think of new concepts. So we're going to be exploring all that 2018 on these training podcast shows. And uh, again, some of them will be secured. We'll explain how the secure thing works. We encourage you to enlist in the ranks of El Police Radio. And we'll go ahead and travel through that. But it's going to be enjoyable. I think I look forward to it. I, um, anybody out there that knows me, they know that uh, I think out of the box and I do a lot of research. 
and it's not too difficult for me to put two and two uh, together and come up with an equation. So you want an answer on something, you got to give me the components to the equation and I'll give you the answer. So we're going to look at a lot of aspects and we want you to be a part of it. On lpoliceradio.com, you can also go to our uh, Raider Cop Nation tactical page and there will be some stories there as well as we're going to start introducing video content as well. So a lot of things happening. I'm retired. I don't want to do all these things. I just want to sit around and do nothing and drink some iced tea. <laughs> For real? Is it so serious? Yep, it is. We live in serious times. You know, you can retire from law enforcement and then want to become a, uh, open up a flower shop or something. That's good. I, I encourage you to have a good time and just go away. But for some of us, we take this a little bit more personal. So therefore, we're still in the fight. Why are we in the fight? You, if you, you know, Are you watching Nightly News? Are you putting on the boob tube and you're actually looking at what's going on it, through the filtered uh, news releases that we get? You'll see it's a serious time. People are getting gunned down for stupidity. And then our friends on the left are saying because guns kill people. Never seen a gun that kills somebody. Seeing people kill people, but not a gun. We'll talk about that more from our, our pinko, leftist, communist, Bolshevik uh, friends and how they want to seize our guns while they're well protected themselves. And you know what's funny now? is all the perverts over in Washington. They're coming out of the woodwork, all these perverts. And then you got the left, how they can go out, and you know, they've been against perverts and this and that. That's all they talk about, the defenders of humankind. And then when it's their own kind, they get caught up in it, they'll tell you, but they're good. They've done such wonderful work. Of course, these things have to be investigated. And let me get on that for a second. The Ethics Committee, you hear that baloney on the radio and on TV, on the news. Congress, the Ethics Committee, is investigating this stuff. You know what the freaking rank, ranking is? Seven years of data? 600-plus investigations? Here you go. You ready? You better be sitting down for this one. Zero. That's right. It comes before the one. Zero punishments. Yeah, so when you hear a politician say it's going to go to ethics commissions for investigation, <laughs> they just got off. Nothing's going to happen. How do you like those beats? Try that, law enforcement. Try that. Go ahead. See how that'll work out for you. This is a bunch of BS, and the American public daydreaming, looking at Dancing with the Stars and who's coming on the next show. Freaking sad. Folks, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Hit the ballot box. Go down the list of these freaking phony candidates. And if they don't gel with your agenda, why are you hitting their, their number in the voting box? Why? Because it's party affiliation. They belong to my party, and I have to vote for them. 
BS, not to say something else, okay? You got to vote based on your background, your faith, your belief system. So if those people don't line up with you, you shouldn't be voting for them. Are they going to line up with everything that you agree with? Of course not. But you should have the brains to figure out some of these clowns 30, 40 years in Congress, what the hell are their constituents thinking of? What are they made up of? What's mush in their freaking heads? And they're voting these clowns in. 80-year-old pervert walking down the hallways of Congress uh, out of control with no brakes, and all of a sudden we're voting for him again in the voter's spot. Okay, enough of that. I hate to say the word politics was a bad word, and a lot of people say, well, if this is a, a show about law enforcement, why are we talking about politics? Because politics is a part of law enforcement. Okay, we got all these corrupt mayors. They can't wait to get their hands, their perverted little hands, into that law enforcement agency <laughs> and just manipulate it in whatever they want, right? Just like our friend up there, De Velasio, that nut. Big Bird over in New York City, just killing the freaking cops. What so freaking sad, so sad. They'll be they'll be dressed like clowns, with freaking rubber noses pretty soon. Got to got entertain the folks. <laughs> That's what's going on. So folks, educate yourself because education is power. Knowledge you need it, and the more you understand these aspects that are happening in our country during our time, the better off you will be in defending this great nation. Now, our next podcast as we roll into um, segment number three of You're Done, we will have a, well, scheduling a guest. It has not been confirmed because of our holiday season. Uh, it's kind of hard to grab people there. They're on um, Thanksgiving breaks and so forth. But once we get it confirmed, uh, we should have a guest for our podcast number three on You're Done. I mean, episode number three of You're Done. You will, and we're going to talk to a uh, president of a retired council that will discuss all, all aspects of a retired life, including the most important to topic, and that is of suicide. And uh, we talked about, on our last podcast, uh, a little bit less than 125 officers uh, commit suicide a year. And from that, the majority of active, uh, not necessarily the retired folks, but there is a uh, segment of retired folks that are committing suicide. So we, this organization is committed to helping those individuals and preventing that, you know, when you say you're done, it hurts uh, the psyche of a lot of people. And a lot of people feel what they think. So when you say you're done, they they have nothing else further to look forward to. Mm. They actually start believing they're done. And you're not done. And that's going to take us into our closing segment, the conversation. Listen to the story I have to tell you. We just celebrated Thanksgiving 
which the purpose of it not only is to have your aggravating family around you, the real purpose of it is to give thanks to the Almighty. That's why Thanksgiving was created. But are we doing that? Are we doing it during what's considered Christmas? And what's the meaning of that as well? We're not going to go into the judgmental aspects of this conversation, but we will talk about giving praise, honor, glory to he who has made us. You do not just wear a uniform in law enforcement because it was your only decision. God has decided to place you in that role. And in the book of Romans in chapter 13, we it reads about the governance and how God has established it. So there is authority, and that authority comes through the Almighty Himself. So when you look at yourself in the mirror, you work for, before anything else, the Almighty. He has placed you in that position, given you the authority, and you have a duty to ask for that wisdom. The wisdom and the beginning of wisdom is the knowledge that God exists, that he's real. That this is not a fairy tale. I recently was saddened by an in, a mental midget on a Facebook feed saying why certain ethnic groups worship the God that the white people do. There is no distinction. The book of James tells you that. Make no distinction in the temple amongst your brethren. And here we are making distinctions. This group, that group, this group, this group. We even do it with religion. Baptist versus Catholic or versus Pentecostal and so and so. Don't be fooled for a minute. There is one God, the Bible says, and he is a jealous God that will not share what he has done. That's the only God. Now, for some, they will not accept what I just said. It's been fun having you on the show. Thank you. Close the door behind you. Okay, thanks. But for some others, it's a wake-up call. What kind of relationship do you have with that God? the God that calls himself the I Am. Do you really have a relationship? Do you really know him? Recently, I heard a testimony from an individual that was a nurse, 40 years a nurse, and they had their struggles just like we do in law enforcement. And this nurse, at one point in his career, there was another nurse that wanted to commit suicide. Pressures of life, hopelessness, helplessness overcame this individual. They could not function. And apparently they tried to commit the act of suicide um, at the hospital. And this nurse that gave the testimony said he shook the individual and their shoulders shook them and told them, what are you doing? If you kill yourself, you cannot go to heaven. 
But then he said that he felt that he was convicted of what he said by God because God simply asked him, oh, so you really know me? And that started a relationship that he started seeking with God. Great testimony, and of course, if you knew who the individual is and you would see their daily life, you would have some uh, value to the story that I just said. So God has placed us in the position of authority. Give thanks to God for your family, for your co-workers, even the bad ones. Even though you know, the scripture actually says that God places those difficult people over your life. Why does he do that? To make you a better person. You know, how do you, how do you formulate gold? Okay? Gold is an ugly rock when it's discovered. How does it look so beautiful? It's placed under the fire. And it's molded into the beauty that it is. So you have to go through those trials and you have to work with those difficult people. So when you give thanks, give thanks for those difficult people. When they tell you things that you know are just freaking stupidity and you say, why in the world is this person my supervisor, for example? Thank God. And say, thank you, Lord, because you have given me the wisdom of knowing what is correct and what is not. Carry out the duty of the day for the good of the order. But at the end, give God the praise. You're doing well. You've done well. If you're going through adversity, if you're seeking something for that emptiness in you, it's not going to work. If what that emptiness in you, after you take off the uniform, is a bottle, or an addiction of some type, it's not going to work. It's only going to get worse. It's a temporary fix to a permanent problem. The only thing that you can turn to for a permanent fix is the Lord Jesus Christ. If you give him the opportunity, he will wow you. Open the scripture. I remember being saved and looking at scripture, which, and I'm not offending anybody because I grew up as a Catholic. We didn't open up the Bible. We really didn't. And, you know, they read the, the gospel of Luke, the gospel of Matthew from the pulpit, but we were not encouraged to open up our own Bible, read and go along with it and scrutinize the word that the Bible says, the Bible, the Lord himself tells us to scrutinize it. So when someone tells you something, find it, look at it, study it, eat it, put ketchup on it and swallow it, okay? But when I was in that journey as a Catholic, I was just listening to what uh, they would say up in a pulpit and falling asleep, and I left just as bad as I walked in. But when I made that relationship and God allowed that relationship with him, it changed everything. The reason that this segment of the conversation is a little bit longer than usual, because it deals with retirement. Now you got more time that you can actually look for God. 
before you would make excuses. Oh, I'm busy. I'm working. I got a double today. You know, I can't really do this while I'm working. Blah 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 blah. But now you do have the time. Or you're going to have the time. The scripture says today's the day of your salvation. Don't think about tomorrow because tomorrow has its own problems. So today should be your day. And if it is, I welcome you to ask the Lord faithfully, which he is, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you with his precious blood, a sacrifice that he did for you. Who in the world living today, would go through the punishment and sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ went through for your sin. Nobody. Nobody. That's why he's God. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we got another one and you're done. Next segment coming up every Thursday. Connect with us, lpoliceradio.com. I'm out. Thank you.